Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In these trying times, there's a beacon of light and hope, and that is Positively Trek with your hosts, Dan Gunther and... Bruce Gibson, I hope. Absolutely. Yeah, this is Positively Trek, where we talk about Star Trek in a positive manner and try and bring you some interesting and fun Star Trek discussions, as well as the latest news in the Star Trek universe, which right now is very much non-existent. I wasn't really able to find much for news stories floating around out there. How about you, Bruce? Uh, no, not really, except for Jonathan Frake saying, yeah, I'm kind of glad Riker wasn't on the Titan in Picard. He's moved on. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. There was a a brief interview with Jonathan Frakes talking about some of that stuff from Star Trek Picard, but yeah, nothing really new that, uh, that I've been noticing. So, which, which is too bad. You know, we like to talk about the new and current events in Star Trek. That's part of the reason we started this podcast. And I guess the timing was just a little poor on that because there hasn't been much news to talk about. Oh, no, this is news. What we're talking about, this show is breaking news. This is the news of Star Trek to listen to Positively Trek. I like it. If you can't report the news, be the news. That's probably not the best motto to live by, but I like it. (laughs) I don't care. As long as we're talking Star Trek, I really could care less about what's in the news let's just talk about something come up with something dan let's talk about it well i man i don't know here's an idea that i had for an episode of positively trek and you in your infinite wisdom decided this is not just an idea for one episode but maybe one that we could do kind of a loose series of ep- of episodes on and I really like it. And my, so my idea was to talk about the unanswered questions in Star Trek. You know, there's all these little things over Star Trek history that we don't quite know the answers to yet. Uh, so for instance, one of the things I thought of was like the origin of the Borg, you know, that's something that comes up a lot, but we still don't know. We don't have a canon answer for where the Borg come from. Now, if you read the novels or listen to literary treks, you know there's a there's a non-canon answer to that. But, you know, we're concentrating right now mostly on canon stuff. So, yeah, you said, you know, let's not just do an episode about unanswered questions and kind of list them all. Let's take each one and kind of craft an episode around. I think that's brilliant. I love that idea. Yay. Well, because I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, well, what other things are unanswered? I was like, well, it's one thing just to bring them up, but we're going to want to discuss them and it could go on for a while. So why don't we just use one 
open question like that and use it as an episode. And that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think for this episode, the topic that we're going to do is one, Bruce, that you said you were really interested in talking about. And it's one that I'm really curious uh, about both to talk about and to learn your thoughts on. And that is a mystery from the series Star Trek Enterprise. In the very first episode of that series, we meet kind of a villainous figure from the future who's giving instructions to these people called the Suliban on, you know, things to disrupt the timeline and advance their interests and that sort of thing. In the credits, he's known as Humanoid Figure, but fandom has come to know him as Future Guy, to the point that even Rick Berman and Brandon Braga in interviews after the fact also refer to him as Future Guy. That name has kind of stuck. But even after all four seasons of Star Trek Enterprise, we have no idea who Future Guy is, what his ultimate goal was, or basically anything about him. No, and this is something that bothered me at the time when the series was out, because Future Guy is introduced in the very first episode in Broken Bow, and I was very curious who is this guy? Because not just that he was a known figure, and that's all we see is a shadow of a figure. We know he's humanoid. He, he seems he's male. He sounds male. He looks like he's male. So, and he looks like he may be human. Could possibly be Vulcan, Romulan, something like that. But definitely not a Ferengi. <laughs> you know, no big ears. But it was something as the series went on. I was like, I can't wait till we find out who this this guy is. It's just. Because he's a mystery. And so you're expecting that they're going to reveal who he is because he has so much influence on what's taking place in this series. And he's from the future. And is it somebody we know or somebody completely different that we don't know? And there was so much fan speculation that I think a lot of us were expecting it's either a character that we know of from the future or it's certainly from maybe a species that we know from in the future. And I think that's what piqued our curiosity about this character, but it was never answered. If you really watch the series, it's not really that necessary to know who he is, but it really is something that was weighing on a lot of fans' minds as the series was playing out. Yeah. And I think one of the most frustrating parts of it for me is that, you know, reading some of the background information and and that sort of thing. The writers, the creators of the series, they didn't know who this guy was either. So he was kind of created as this cool villain. And the idea was, you know, it's kind of neat to have a villain who doesn't want to see humans succeed in space. It was a too cool a premise to pass up, they say. But they had no idea who he was or what species he was or anything like that. So, you know, presumably if Enterprise had gone more seasons under the show running of Rick Berman and Bran and Braga, we might have learned that. But as the series went, of course, they no longer were showrunners after season three. Manny Cotto came in as showrunner for season four and got rid of the temporal cold war and did his own thing for a season. And we never did learn who that person was. And interestingly, the writers never learned who he was either. Well, then the question comes up in my mind as to why even create this unknown character. If first of all, you don't know who he is when you first create him, and then you never go to reveal who he is to begin with as the series goes on. So it's why create a character from the future that 
is a mystery and, and is not identified. I mean, I, I, and, and that you don't know who he is. Because I would think if you're planning this out and you're creating that first episode of Broken Bow, you're like, oh, okay, well, let's have this temporal cold war and there's some somebody from the future that is having some influence on this. I would think in the writer's room, it's like, okay, who is this person? Who's that influence? Let's maybe not reveal them in this first episode, but let's know as the writers here in the room who this character is or where this character is from or whatever. And then we can use that and build towards it and reveal sometime later. But it just seemed as if they were like, add somebody from the future and eh, we'll figure it out sometime later. It's like, why we even bother doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really frustrating to learn things like this. But at the same time, you know, the more that I study things like Star Trek in the 90s and 80s and stuff, this is just how television was done at the time. So, you know, for example, The Best of Both Worlds Part 1 was written and aired before they had any idea how they were going to resolve this cliffhanger in Part 2. Uh, same with one of the episodes that kind of ties into what we're talking about, Stormfront Part 1 and 2 in Season 4 of Enterprise. Season 3 of Enterprise ended with, you know, Archer on the Zindi weapon when it blows up. And the Enterprise finds itself in orbit of Earth, but oh my goodness, they're getting shot at by P-51s. This is, oh my gosh, we're in the past. Archer wakes up in a Nazi medical camp and there's an alien in a uniform standing over, in a Nazi uniform standing over him. There was no writing whatsoever as to, or even thought of how that was going to resolve when season four came back. That was just, let's write a crazy cliffhanger. And that it, it, that's how this character was created, which to me is really frustrating. Like, let's create a character that's just going to do some wacky things and like screw up the Enterprise's mission when we need it to. What are these all in service of? What's an end goal of his? No idea. He's just a chaos maker, basically. Well, and then if you really watch these episodes, and especially Stormfront, we're told so much about there's these temporal agents So we're being told that all these temporal agents have their own agenda and they're trying to mess with the timeline for whatever reason and they're trying to get their ways with it. Either they're trying to correct a timeline or adjust the timeline to their advantage or they're doing both. So I guess that's the motivation behind or we know why the temporal agents are doing what they're doing, but we don't necessarily know all their motivations. And this future guy, humanoid figure is also a temporal agent. He's just one that we have visually seen as a shadow. So when you watch that episode, in my opinion, it's like, well, we don't really need a reveal of this guy. We just know he's one of these many temporal agents that are out there that are pulling strings. Mm -hmm. But again, because it lasted through three seasons into the beginning then of season four, there is still that mystery. Like all these examples that you're giving, oh, the writers wrote an episode with a cliffhanger and didn't know where it was going to go afterwards, but then they did go and do something with that cliffhanger. We, the writers never did anything with this character. Even if they were just like one of these characters uh, involved in the temporal cold war would have, at least maybe made mention about this future guy and how he's from blah, 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 blah planet or just like a little bit of background to him and not necessarily has to be a physical reveal. I think that would have been even a little more satisfying to me. Yeah. And I mean, we have to remember that Enterprise was cut short and they didn't get to do everything they wanted to do because reading about this character, it's clear that they were at one point going to reveal 
who he was and what he was doing. They just never got the chance to, which is, which is really kind of too bad. So for example, apparently early on in the shockwave two-parter, so shockwave part one at the end of season one, shockwave part two at the start of season two, if you don't remember that episode, it's uh, the very end of season one when Enterprise is visiting a mining colony and the shuttle pod is going to go down and visit them and they seem to destroy the entire atmosphere of this mining world. Uh, but then they find out that it was, they were framed by the Suliban acting on orders from future guy. Apparently originally in those episodes, they were going to reveal who future guy was, but then decide that that didn't serve that particular story and decided to hold on to it or not hold on to it. Cause they didn't have an answer to that, but not come up with the answer to that and revealed it in, in that story. So, you know, it is something that they meant to get to. They just didn't get the chance, unfortunately. Yeah, but why not? Even going into season four, uh, they ended the temporal cold war. I think that's the point that you would have at least done that. I'm just surprised they didn't use that as an opportunity. Well, again, though, they were no longer the showrunners, right? Rick Berman and Bron and Braga had to step aside as showrunners and Manny Cotto was brought in, who then decided to end the cold war right then and there. But then why wouldn't he just say, okay, I want to reveal who this character is at that time? Because that wasn't the story that he wanted to tell, right? The the future guy was all Rick Berman and Brian and Braga. And Manny Cotto was like, I want to be done with this. Who cares? Let's move on kind of thing. So I kept referring to him as one of the many temporal agents, but is he really, he's, he's not a temporal agent per se. No. So the temporal agents were Daniel's people who are working in opposition to future guy but what like there's future guy and others that are doing things i don't even know what to refer to them as i, th I think they call them different factions they're just different people different sides in the war basically so another thing rick berman and brian brian braga have said in recent years is you know they've, they've kind of talked about a number of ideas that had been thrown around so they never settled on one idea but i think it might be kind of fun to talk of, about a few of the things they talked about uh for example they stated that future guy was quote, probably going to be a Romulan. And this was said at the 2009 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. And that might've tied into the Romulan war as a future Romulan trying to instigate things. Uh, so that's kind of a leading theory that seems to have come around a little bit. What do you think of future guy as a Romulan? I remember at the time hearing a lot of speculation from people that it could be a Romulan. And I was kind of buying into that because like you're saying, it's leading up into the Romulan war. But if you really look at the stories that were established with the temporal cold war, I don't really see how that, at least the way they played out in the series, how that would benefit the Romulans. But of course, they could have built onto that as the series went on. But why get the Suliban involved and give them all these abilities to reform their bodies and shapeshift and all that? Wouldn't they do that to Romulans themselves and give themselves that ability? I don't know. But it depends what use and the ultimate plan is, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing to remember is we're only seeing a small slice of the universe right, right now too, right. right? So I could totally see, we know for a fact that the Romulan war is happening in a few years 
And it seems like everything, almost everything that this guy was trying to do was A, destabilize the Klingon Empire, B, keep the humans from getting to space and being a power in the area. So that makes total sense to me that, you know, that would be kind of clearing the way for the Romulans to dominate. And who knows, maybe he was also speaking to the Romulans and doing something with them. That would have been kind of cool if like by the time we see the Romulans in season four and see some of their internal stuff, if there was some sort of like throwaway line to like that figure that was communicating to us from the future really helped us out with developing this technology. It's too bad. He's not talking to us anymore or something like that. That would have been kind of neat. No, that would have been neat. I I, I think I would have preferred it to be a Romulan. And like I said, that was one of the stronger ones. I speculations I heard out there that I really liked is being a Romulan. Of course, this person is from the 28th century. I don't know why that far in the future, someone would care about the results of the Romulan war from centuries ago. You never know. I mean, it's the butterfly effect, right? Like one little change could completely make them dominate the universe in, in a couple centuries or something. And it would be even more interesting with the destruction of Romulus. Of course, that wasn't a storyline available at that time. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, if they were going back to the Enterprise, well, let's say they were going to do a new Enterprise series of these characters later, they could always revisit Future Guy and there's some tie-in to the destruction of Romulus in this. Like, whatever events took place in the 22nd century led up to what happened eventually to Romulus or something. You know, It's almost like Nero getting his revenge on Spock, you know, and, and, and blowing up Vulcan. It's like this future guy would be doing the same thing. And even if it does have, doesn't have any connection with what was established in Star Trek 09, it's still that same concept of some kind of revenge. And like you're saying, the butterfly effect to everything. Because who knows where the Romulans are in the 28th century? Maybe they're not almost extinct. And in this guy blames the past on that. But again, I feel like when I watch these and it's about the future, it's, there's so much going on that they're not just playing on these factions aren't just playing on what they want the outcome to be to correct something in their society, but also prevent other societies from trying to get what they're getting. So there's like this battle going on between all these factions and with the agents kind of trying to correct things that it's not just one agenda, it's multiple agendas. One thing about this theory that I think like, just look at the image of future guy, those padded shoulders. Yeah. Those are Romulan padded shoulders to me <laughs> they always wear those huge like 80s shoulder pads right so I, th- I think that really works i thought it was one of the golden girls yeah she's it's totally dorothy isn't it yeah those big huge <laughs> I, I love it yeah absolutely well i i remember also one of the theories back then was it was Sarek. i remember for some reason a lot of people online were saying it was Sarek. i don't know why though because why would Sarek be around the 28th century? But I think it was because of the voice or something. Yeah, I think the voice is probably the best reason why someone would think that. Now, Future Guy was played by an actor named James Horan, who has been in Star Trek many times before. You might remember him as Joe Brill from the TNG episode Suspicions. He was that kind of greeny, bluey alien guy that uh, was behind everything that Crusher had to phaser in the shuttle at the end of the episode. Uh, He also appeared as a human, Lieutenant Barnaby, in the Next Generation episode Descent Part 2. And then he was a Jem'Hadar in Deep Space Nine and a weird-looking alien in a Voyager episode Fair Trade. 
So he's no stranger to Star Trek and he's got that really deep voice. I, I think you could say sounds a little bit Sarek-y for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that was the reason why I heard so many people talking about possibly being Sarek. I think mm-hmm. I also heard uh, Spock at one point. Yeah, I, I I really remember it was a Romulan was one of the main ones I heard. It was Sarek. And there was one other, which I think you're going to probably bring up. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to bring this one up because this is interesting. So in November 2012, Brandon Braga said on his Twitter account that had the series gone forward, the fifth season would have revealed future guy to be Jonathan Archer, who is trying to correct uh, his own history influencing his younger self. And interestingly, he also said that was the plan from the very beginning and all of their previous statements saying that he was going to be a Romulan or something else that was all meant to be a red herring. I don't know. Do you buy this? Do you buy that that was absolutely the plan from the very beginning and they had planned this all out? And for some reason, years after Enterprise ended, they just lied (laughs) for the heck of it? No, I don't buy that. And and the reason for that is why create a red herring after this the show is over? If the series is over, why are you coming out years later and saying, "Oh, it's a Rom the we were thinking we'd probably make it a Romulan." And then years after that say, "No, that was a red herring. The show's over." Like, yeah, why right? Why do you need a red herring after years after the show's over and then come out with the real truth? I I don't know if I I, I guess the way I'm looking at this is I'm sure that was one of the ideas on the board. Maybe Absolutely. from the beginning. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily the constructed narrative that this is Archer throughout the series. Like, I don't think they were thinking that as they wrote this character in future episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this strikes me as, I mean, maybe he's telling the truth, maybe it's correct, but it strikes me as a really like after the fact kind of thing. I don't feel like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that long after the show is over, they're going to keep this mystery alive and keep this going. Like you, you don't care at that point. Like I don't, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and again, this is one of those theories I heard back when the show was on. And I Mm -hmm. remember thinking that that could be possible because even though Archer isn't from the 28th century, I thought a lot of this was maybe like the chicken and the egg that the, you know, the results of what we see of Archer today is also from the Archer of the future. And this has always taken place because Archer has moved throughout different time periods because of Daniels. Mm-hmm. And so because of Daniel being there at one point, Archer's in the 20th century to correct something or do something or something happened to him that he's influencing what he did in the 22nd century, but he can't get back. And, You know, and I remember thinking at the time that that could really work. But, you know, at the same time, I didn't want it to be Archer because Archer's the hero of our show. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting is this strikes me as like the original Red Angel. Like this is kind of what Discovery did with Burnham and the Red Angel in season two. Exactly. Yes, it is like that. Yeah, it was all. And thankfully, we got the revelation at the end of that season because it was that whole debate of who's the red angel is it burnham is it this person is it that person or whatever and that was the same thing that was going on even with this character which Mm -hmm. we never got revealed and it doesn't again today i mean when the series ended i don't think i was thinking that much about future guy anymore anyway but 
you know, I just remember at times I would think about this character and think, gosh, we never got the reveal. And I keep, I used to wonder who it was, but I don't know again if it's really necessary. No, it's definitely not, you know, something that keeps me up at night at this point, but you know, it's kind of fun. I've been rewatching enterprise right now with my fiance. It's the only Star Trek series she hasn't seen yet. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're just coming into season four. All of that's kind of behind us. And, you know, I haven't really brought it up, but she doesn't really seem to be questioning who future guy was. She was just kind of along for the ride. So, you know, I guess, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. It's just somebody from the future. That's part of this temporal cold war that has got the syllabons involved. Mm -hmm. I guess that's all you really need to know. Exactly. One thing that I was kind of interested in was looking at like all the stuff that he did in the series to kind of piece together maybe what his motive was. And again, it's one of those things that like he was just a villain trying to do things that disrupted their mission. So there's no real clear push as to what his overall goal was. Uh, The one thing I will say in the episode Cold Front, the second episode he appears in, the first one after the uh, pilot episode that he shows up in, he saves Enterprise. So this is like the one episode where you could be like, oh, maybe it is Archer because the ship was originally apparently going to blow up in this nebula when this power surge got to the warp core, but he sent Silic aboard the ship and Silic went and disconnected a power relay, which meant that this power surge stopped in its tracks and didn't hit the warp core. So I'm wonder if like in the original timeline was the enterprise going to blow up at that point and future guy or Archer or whoever he is saved enterprise at that point. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk more about Future Guy, but I'm just kind of go off track just a little. So when you watch all these Star Trek series in order as they've premiered, as they were produced, you know, now you get to Discovery and then eventually Picard. But I hear people talk about Discovery saying, well, it doesn't really look like it fits in with TOS visually and some other things. And, oh, you know, they're wearing the wrong uniforms too early or those uniforms didn't exist, whatever it is. So there's t- and, and I don't, this is just one idea in my mind, but if you watch these series in order and you get after Voyager, you go on to Enterprise. Enterprise is being altered and changed periodically through the temporal Cold War, and there's all this temporal things happening. So was the Enterprise supposed to be destroyed? Was it not? And all these things. So I also so I kind of think, well, maybe this is Enterprise has created a somewhat alternate timeline, which leads into what we now get as discovery and, you know, then Picard. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I'm just saying that's one way to justify it. I don't do that, but that's one way you could look at things. Yeah. That's actually kind of a bit of a fan theory that goes back. You can almost say it has its beginnings in 1996 when Star Trek first contact came out. So even before yes. enterprise yes, when, you know, the Borg went back and the enterprise followed them back and changed history or fixed history. But from that point going forward, all the series, everything that takes place in the Star Trek universe af- that was made after that is in a slightly different 
timeline, which is definitely an interesting theory. We could definitely get in the weeds on that. I think, uh, exactly. you know, maybe, maybe we could do an episode about that. That would be fun. But, uh, yeah. Without, and without going too much into it, that, and if that's the case, then everything you watch in Star Trek isn't the exact same timeline. There's always some adjustments. Mm-hmm. We did get some reveals or at least one reveal of who future guy is in other materials besides the tv show that's true absolutely so going into the non-canon realm the first department of temporal investigations novel watching the clock so we get a little bit to do with future guy in that novel that's by christopher l bennett who's of course famous for kind of linking disparate bits of continuity together and this is actually one of my favorite star trek novels ever I love, love, love this novel. And yeah, so in that novel, we learn that Future Guy is a person by the name of Jamran Harnoth, and that he is of Suliban, Romulan, and Tandaran descent. So these are uh, the Suliban, of course, were the main enemy in, in the first couple seasons of Enterprise, and Tandarans are uh, also an Enterprise. There was one played by Dean Stockwell. That That might jog your memory there. Uh, who, of course, starred with Scott Bakula on Quantum Leap as well. So this guy's attempting to manipulate history so that he can use his civilization's genetic engineering technology to alter species across time. So I, I thought that was interesting. I remember being a little bit let down by that answer because I think, you know, the the uber fan in me, of course, wants it to be uh, someone you know or or something like that, kind of like the Red Angel type reveal, right? But it was still a really interesting take on this character. I'm glad you said that because it's exactly how I felt when I read this. Um, I, I felt a little let down because, yeah, there was all this speculation as we were talking about, oh, is it a Romulan? Oh, is it Sarek? Is it Jonathan Archer or whoever? And then you find out, oh, it's somebody we don't know that's a combination of several different races. Okay, Future Guy is still kind of this unknown, at least to the Star Trek universe. But I also really appreciated that he was made up of several different races because I always assumed he was of one race, mm-hmm. and that he was trying to prevent the Federation and trying to prevent different races from intermingling with each other whether living together or sexually or within an organization of the Federation and working together, I I just always got the impression that he's trying to keep the divide. So the fact that he was several different races and he's trying to keep himself, his own existence in play uh, was not something I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting him to be a mix of different races. And I thought that was really cool. And to be part Sullivan and then also, you know, or working with them, I thought it was interesting. So yes, on one point I was a little disappointed, but on the next point I thought it was very clever. Yeah. And the one thing I really liked about that part of the story is that his whole goal was to make sure that certain key temporal scientists wouldn't be born and then not attend a vital conference in a particular year. So like we're looking at all these things he's doing and it's like, oh, he's trying to destabilize the Klingon Empire. Oh, he's trying to. No, he's just concentrating on making sure these very key particular people aren't born. And I could see this kind of snowballing into a big thing. Like he makes a little tiny change here and well, that didn't do it. Shoot. It still happened because of this. Well, okay, I got to stop. Oh no, that that still happened because of this. I got to go back and stop this from happening. So his job keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now he's like, 
like, you know, stopping Earth's first warp five ship from completing its mission and, you know, killing Klingons and doing all this stuff. I just think that's just kind of an interesting ex- exploration of the butterfly effect, basically. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And really thinking about this topic and going into it, I was really starting to think about the Temporal Cold War in this character. And I really thought I'd love to see... Uh, a series of books about the temporal cold war just going into this butterfly effect this this just one thing leads to another leads to another and it just can't seem to always get corrected and as soon as you do one thing you correct one thing but then it messes up something going in the other direction now you got to fix that but then it has an effect a negative effect on something else and you just never can get it just right and it would be fun to see some books that play and i know this book uh watching the clock does some of this but i'd like to see more of them but just watching these things play out to the point that you know we even integrate things that are happening in discovery and picard the newer series and even the kelvin timeline into all this mix of things that are happening and of course in discoveries as of this recording we haven't gotten to season three yet but they're into the future themselves and mm-hmm. are they going to reveal something and i even thought about this when i was thinking about future guy i don't think they'll go there but wouldn't it be interesting if the reveal of future guy is made in this series that would be pretty cool. <laughs> you know, they're in, they're far into the future that they find something that says like, oh, here's some guy that was trying to name so-and-so who was trying to affect the events of Archer in his time. Like they're just, they're finding all this history that is their future. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would love it. All of those ideas. I mean, you know, I want to see the anthology series Star Trek Tales from the Time War or something like that. Like that would be so much fun. Yeah, and these books by Christopher L. Bennett, the uh, Department of Temporal Investigation, are a lot like this, but not ex- not just focused on this Cold War, but uh, this temporal Cold War. But you know, th- these are very fun books Absolutely. to read. So I definitely recommend those. Well, we definitely want to hear from all of you. What do you think of? who future guy is? Do you have any theories that we didn't talk about? Do you have any of these? pet theories that we have talked about that you think is definitely the right answer make your case for it we want to hear you tweet to us at positively trek or you can email us positively trek at gmail.com and you can find me online on twitter at kurtrats and you can find the both of us in our other podcast talking about star trek books and comics if you enjoyed our little segue into the department of temporal investigations books at the end we talk more books in literary treks on the trek fm network yes and real quick just to say that there's also a character i don't know how his name is pronounced but it's n o y e noi hmm. or noi that is a Krenum scientist in the 24th and 25th century a part of the he's part of some kind of temporal war or something too but he's not future guy i don't think so but there's some fan speculation that thinks he's future guy so anybody who's listening that knows about this from star trek online i'd like to hear more about that but i think most people agree that he's not but some people have theories that he is so if you have a theory on that we'd love to hear it yeah, I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and of course I'm on Larry Trek's Dan, and I do Star Wars Report podcast occasionally. You can find me even in the Babel Conference on Facebook of Trek FM. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Take care, and be healthy and safe, and we look forward to the next episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.